0: You are now listening to an all-new episode of the Last Man Potting Podcast. I am your host, Ahmad, here with my co-host, Steve, and we are the Last Man Potting. Steve, how do you feel this week?
1: Yeah, it's, it's a sad day this week. I, I've officially lost it all. Um, you know, uh, th- there's this guy on 2K. He says sometimes you're the bugger, sometimes you're the windshield. I'm, I'm feeling like the bugger right now.
0: Hey, well, you know, as, as Tupac says, you got to keep your head up.
1: It's <laughs> fine. My favorite Tupac song is Hold Your Head. He said, yeah, hey, you drink a drink, get some pussy, do what you gotta do, but like, just don't kill yourself, Hey,
0: have you ever heard of toxic positivity?
1: <laughs> That's not like some stupid shit,
0: like some super
1: liberal chick, uh, said. It's like, look, you can't even talk to people anymore. It's like a toxic positivity. That's just
0: stupid. Is defined as dismissing negative emotions and responding to distress. With false reassurances rather than empathy. It comes from feeling uncomfortable with negative emotions. It's often well intentioned, but can cause alienation and a feel of disconnection. So a- as you're saying that you lost it all, I don't want to be toxically positive and tell you that everything's going to be okay, Steve. Yeah, but I don't
1: give a fuck. That's girl shit. Like I'm not going to be like, <laughs> how dare you tell me? It's like, yeah, I don't give a fuck. Man. I mean, it, it, like if it's not going to be okay, then like, what the fuck does it matter anyway like i gotta go to the grave regardless so it's like, like i gotta get through the shit like you telling me that it's gonna be okay or it's not gonna be okay doesn't really affect me like i'm not gonna be mad at you because you said it's gonna be okay I, i'm just
0: i'm just trying to keep up with the times that's what they're telling me is going on out here there, there's a lot of toxically positive people and I, I just didn't want to put that type of energy on you
1: yeah i don't know what the fuck that means
0: so, you know, let's, let's, let's get into the episode this week. We got a lot of shit to talk about. It's, it's bishops getting robbed. Uh, B- Beyonce is taking you to church by dropping it like a thotty. And th- there's some anal behavior that we need to check on. So a lot of shit to talk about this week. So let's jump right into it. So yeah, let's, let's, let's start with the bishop because we are recording on a Sunday and some of you might be in church today and might, might listen to this after you get home. Uh, it's um, on the
1: seventh day. So according to the Gregorian calendar, uh, Sunday is the first day. Oh, I think church was supposed to be yesterday. but will continue on. As Kitchen Perks would say, carry the hell on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so so um, while y'all are trying to figure out which day of the week is the Sabbath, um there's uh there's some niggas there's some hungry niggas out there that don't give a fuck they're running in the church regardless of what day it is and uh there's this bishop in new york uh, lamar lamore miller that got robbed at gunpoint during during his service here's a little uh clip of the news
2: when i laid down on the floor when the young man came the young men came and put the gun to my back as y'all see on the video they uh you know, took my watch, took my jury, took my bishop's ring, and then they took my bishop's cross, and he ripped my collar off, just to get to my jury. I wanna say, oh, well, why are you so flashy? It's not about me being flashy, it's about me purchasing what I wanna purchase. And it's, 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 you know, it's my prerogative to purchase what I wanna purchase. If I work hard for it, I can purchase what I wanna purchase.
0: So, I think there's a couple different ways we can, we can come at this where, um, you know, being a preacher or bishop or whatever title that he claims, um, there's the, you know, religious or aspects of this about, you know, what he represents and, you know, having the jewelry and the flash and all that. Is that a contradiction? You know, that's a conversation to have, but there's also a conversation of, you know it's 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 getting a little scarce out here people people are getting hungry um you know as 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 dmx said like y'all be eating out long enough now stop being greedy so th- there's a lot of that shit going around like you know people's cars are getting vandalized on the street catalytic converters are getting drilled gas tanks are getting drilled um you know we talked last week about uh people that that were getting robbed for basic essentials like t- uh, toilet paper and water and now you're seeing, uh, criminals running up in a church and, and, and robbing the pastor. Um, so I, how, how do you feel about this, Steve? What, did, what do you did, think no, this means?
1: Did no pop hat asthma. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <you're, laughs> I, I went to the store today and I didn't really see no water like that. So, I mean, you know, look, I, the pastor makes a great point. Like I'm, I'm a capitalist myself. So at the end of the day, if you could hit a lick, you know what I mean? Hit a lick. So. Um, you know, whatever happens between you and the Most High, that, that's between you and the Most High. I don't think that's my job to be like, oh no, you shouldn't, you know, take advantage. Me personally, I would take advantage because I do think that that's bad energy. You know, if you sitting there, you flashing like that's sometimes that might come to you. Now, I'm not justifying that. I think it's wrong, and but you know, at the same time, hey, like you said, niggas is hungry. That that's crazy that they took the man's collar though. Like they didn't spare nothing they basically went in there and said strip
0: yeah I, I, as dark low said there's no mercy not even a cup of water like these niggas don't give a fuck no more man strip they, they put, they'll put that shit on the pastor they'll put it on the old lady trying to cross the street they don't give a fuck what
1: do you what do you think he had do you think he had like uh like bishop shoes on or do you think he had like jordan's or like some high-end stacy adams like
0: well he had the he had the whole you know regalia on like with the with the robes and the diamond chain they said they took a million dollars worth of jewelry off of him and his wife Well, you know that's what they're telling the insurance company
1: yeah (laughs) but that's that's, that is ridiculous why would you have a million dollars worth of jewelry on you're kind of asking for it at that point i'm kind of on the side of the thieves i'm like bro what are you doing Niggas is hungry out here. That's that's just stupid. Bad yeah, like,
0: uh, you know, I'm always quoting rap lyrics, but on that Kendrick song, it says, I can watch his watch on TV and be okay, but I'm on it? the clock when it's landing in L.A. I, I, I think that's the case with a lot of this stuff out here. Um, you know, I, I see a lot of people that try to um, use being flashy at, as a cover up. Uh, what did they say? it's motivation as a cover up for them just wanting to flaunt their wealth in other people's faces and i think it's a thin line between showing people what you're able to achieve when you put your mind towards a goal and just being around a bunch of people with um that don't have as much and you're just lording your your wealth or you know what you have over them in the form of jewelry or cars or you know, designer clothes and stuff like that. So I, I think that there's a thin line to be, to be walked with that kind of stuff. And, and, and when you try to flash a little bit too much, I mean, we saw that last year with uh, Benny the butcher, he got robbed going into Walmart with all of his jewelry on in a, mm-hmm. uh, in a, in a town in Texas. I think he was in Houston where it's like, you know, you're going to Walmart. Walmart is for working class people and you're walking in with a neck full of jewelry And, you know, these these kids is hungry out here. So you kind of got to be careful about that type of stuff.
1: I I do see because it's like as a pastor, why do you need all that stuff? Now that I'm thinking about it, it's like I think a million dollar worth of jewelry is just excessive. You know, that's not my taste and that's not my style. But I just yeah, I just don't get it. What's the purpose? Like you and your congregation with a million dollars, would you do that?
0: No, but I I I'm also not a fan of of jewelry or, or or being flashy that that type of stuff or you know trying to lord the amount of money that I have or don't have over other people. I think w- what you see with a lot of these pastors, especially like these these television pastors or the you know mega church pastors or whatever you call them, they're they're preaching the prosperity gospel, so they want to show you like look at me. I have a Benz. I have the the watch. My wife got a fat ass. I got all this shit. Like, if you come in here and you donate your donations and you pray and take your vitamins, you can get you could get money like me too. That that's what they're selling. Like, mm-hmm. They're not necessarily selling a connection with uh, the divine force that governs all of this. Right. Wow. Um, so that that's how I see it.
1: And that, that's the only thing that could really make any sense because it's like, you know. Why would you do that? Like, uh, especially because as a pastor, you're still kind of, like, you're not like a celebrity. You, like, you're still in that regular people realm. So that's just too much. But, you know, this brother, he needs to stock up on his security or just stick to being like a TV evangelist or some shit. Well,
0: yeah, like, I think I think we do need more security in public institutions. And and maybe this is another conversation because right now there's you know, with the recent shootings, as with as always, there's the debates about uh gun control and some of these different things, whether it's in schools or public places, you know, since the Supreme Court made their decision in the New York concealed carry case, basically saying that New York's concealed carry laws were unconstitutional because it placed uh unnecessary burden on people who wanted to exercise their right to concealed carry in in New York State. So you know that law applies to the whole country. And you have um, there was a mall shooting a few weeks ago. I, I don't have the details in front of me, but the gist of it is you can do your own research on it. There was an individual that came into a mall and attempted to do a mass shooting and there was a person there who had a concealed firearm. That braced himself against a pole and shot the, the would be mass shooter and killed him. And this was because in the, in the state they were in, I don't want to misquote the state they were in, but that state had just passed a, um, constitutional carry law, meaning that you don't have to have a permit to conceal your firearm because in the constitution, your right to bear arms shouldn't be infringed. So this is a long roundabout way of saying that you know, in these public institutions, like, like, you know, whether it's a church or a mall or a school or something like that, the burden of safety has to fall upon individuals or like the community. I I don't think you can always rely on, you know, law enforcement or whatever, or if there's a, a sign on the front door that says no guns are allowed in this building, because criminals don't respect anything. So like you said, you know, maybe that pastor, if he, he wants to be stunting and all that shit on his congregation, he needs to have some six, some six, four niggas next to him with the chopper. But yeah. if. uh But it just in general, I think if you're going to have a, a congregation of people that you want to lead and you want to have them in this this uh enclosed space, there should be some level of security, too, so you can protect, you know, what you're trying to do uh with your congregation right or wrong i can't judge what he's doing with his congregation like you said that's between him and the most high but uh as far as the security aspect it's like i i think more people need to exercise that that second amendment right and and, you know just find the proper ways to do that
1: machine guns and heavy artillery yeah
0: well you know it, it don't gotta necessarily be a machine gun but you know, I I exercise my Second Amendment rights. I, I've also educated myself on firearms, taken firearm courses and stuff like that, and I think that's important. And I, I think, you know, in these times where you see criminals are getting more and more bold, the answer isn't to put more restrictions on law-abiding citizens because, like you said, they don't respect nothing. They like they snatch the pastor's collar off off his neck and say yo you you owe us everything get the like, what do you say homie the whole world owe me strip like i don't give yeah. a fuck that's i was the special type, the other day yeah that, that's, that's the type of time these niggas is on
1: you, you know life has been hard so hard for me the past uh six months i i can't say that like i'm like war ready like that like my mind just is all fucked up so i'm just like hey look if it happened it happened shit dude just put it out of his misery fuck it
0: yeah, Well, like, again, that goes back to toxic positivity, so I'm, <laughs> I'm just gonna let you rock out with that
1: Yeah, is. yeah it's, like, like, it's like, I'm not, I'm not fighting this. Like, yeah, it's like, we about to kill you, like, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, bring it on, nigga, god, shit.
0: Well, uh, you know, that's Steve's perspective, my, my pers- like, I've talked to some people like that, that have, like, you know, I was having a conversation with some people, uh, not too long ago at, at dinner, and they were saying, um... You know that they didn't care about having a firearm in their home. That they, they said, uh, they the guy said it took the Geek Squad two hours to mount my eighty inch TV on the wall. So if you can get it off, more power to you. I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> That's real shit.
1: Nigga just sitting there with his beer, like watching you try to take his TV, just chilling. <laughs> it's like yeah, like my wife's in the other room. You can take her too. She's been talking too much.
0: Yeah, see, like, me, me, I, I, I feel the exact opposite. Like, I'm, like, I'm preparing for battle every day. Like, I, yeah. I, I train in the gym. I train mentally. I train, you know, with my firearms and stuff when I can so that if somebody tries to bring the shenanigans to me, it's like, you know, we're going to flip the tables on them.
1: You got to fight. You definitely got to fight just as a man. Like, you got to protect yourself. You got to protect what you own. So, you know, I, I kind of say what I say tongue in cheek. I, I think my mentality is just kind of like, you know, like whatever's going to happen is going to happen, especially because it's like I am i don't have the money right now to stock up on artillery like that. So, like, you know, I got to take care of the basic needs, but I, I definitely feel you on that. And if I had it, I definitely would have my shit and, you know, niggas would not be fucking with me. But, you know, <laughs> I just like at the end of the day, it's just, I, I just kind of live life at this point. It's just like, man, fuck it. You know, if you know, if God. Uh, sends me the message that Steve, you know what, what they say in in, uh, in the wire mount up. Like if God says Steve mount up,
0: then yeah, <laughs> I'll figure that shit
1: out. But yeah, like, like you,
0: you'll you'll know you'll know when it's time. Exactly. Man. And it's like you know you're you already on the right path, so you, you you're walking with a different level of protection that a lot of people don't have anyway. Yeah, it's like, at some
1: point it's just like man, fuck it. I remember like when the pandemic first started, I was the main nigga like damn stock up like does the moves to the fucking ceiling. 12 cases of water after all i'll just stop doing that shit because i'm just like you know what I, I might have to get the fuck out of here any fucking way so it's like i'm gonna have all this shit and i gotta carry out like man fuck that like whatever is gonna happen is gonna happen
0: you're the person that stocks up people see you stocking up you're the first house they go into when shit goes left so yeah. you know it i i think you just have to you have to find whatever the um the discipline is for you I you know I was talking to my grandfather the other day he was saying he he goes out he walks his dog and sometimes other people don't keep their dogs on the leash so he got himself a little uh police stick and you know if if somebody try if somebody's dog tries to attack his dog he can beat the dog off i i think you you can prepare in different ways for the scenarios that you're going to face it doesn't necessarily have to be you yeah. know, you know, buying a gun or, you know, training jujitsu or whatever the fuck, but you just have to have something to, to, to protect your space.
1: You gotta, you gotta fight. Yeah, like, you gotta,
0: you can't pass out.
1: Cause yeah, cause every day is a, is a mental battle anyway. Like it's, for me, it's a mental battle to get out of bed. Like what do you call it? The killing bitch energy? I, like every day I'm like, fuck, this is terrible, but it's like, I gotta, I I just have to do it. So it's like, you know, I think just those small battles of defeating yourself or excuse me, yeah, like you know, defeating that energy of like I'm going to be the best version of myself. It it makes it easier for you to defeat other motherfuckers. It's like, oh nigga, you can't beat me. I beat me every day. I'll
0: fuck you up. Exactly. And <laughs> you know what? Like that's a great segue into <laughs> a conversation that we were having earlier this week about um Derek Lewis. Who is the all time knockout champion in uh, the UFC. He got knocked out for the third time in a row last night, like th- th- three fights in a row. And, um, Derek is like, he, you know, he's a fan favorite because he has a nonchalant, I don't give a fuck type of attitude. Like even when he speaks to the media in situations like, th- like this.
2: Are you not know, a fan of us reporters, Derek?
0: Fuck
1: y'all. <laughs> y'all talk so much shit about me for no reason.
0: And I'm sitting up here telling y'all it's the truth. I don't give a fuck about this fighting shit. And y'all sitting up here telling me, oh, I don't think Derek got it. Motherfucker, I've been telling y'all. Fuck
1: y'all.
3: <laughs> shit. It is what it is. I don't care. I feel like... Yeah.
0: So it's like, I, I think that that nonchalance is like what makes him... You know what people like about him, like you know that the I don't give a fuck type attitude, but it's also the shit that's getting him knocked out in his most recent fights, and you know maybe his maybe his run is over, and it's it's time to hang it up. I don't know, but um i thought I thought that was just interesting. the idea of a professional athlete telling the media like I'm telling y'all I'm not that good, I don't give a fuck about this shit so much. I eat popeyes and chicken fingers and shit. And you know, I just do what I do in the ring, in the in the octagon. It's not about be. Like, I I don't intend to be the best. He said that multiple times. Um, and I think you know, words are powerful. Like when you say that, you put that type of energy out. It's been showing in his fights. Like you know, he's he's getting handled these last couple of dudes. Maybe the fight he had last night got stopped early. Some people are debating that, but it's still three in a row. So, yeah. Steve, like w- with that with that background information, what what do you think about you know Derek Lewis specifically, but also like that 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 nonchalance, like that character um, that some people display when it comes to you know how they're approaching life?
1: It's interesting because, like, and we kind of have to get an understanding of what true success is. Like, how does it define you know each and every person? Because you look at uh, Gerald Green and uh, Kobe Bryant. Right, like you remember Gerald Green back in the day, like you ever watched basketball? He used to play for the Celtics and shit like that. Yeah, like they're they probably have the same physicality. Like Gerald Green might even be more athletic than Kobe Bryant, but everybody knows Kobe Bryant. So it's like you know, but Gerald Green is probably still a millionaire. So it's like I don't know if you could look at him and be like, oh, you didn't reach your full potential. I mean, I guess you can, but at the same time, like, we talked about it last week, it's like, even if you were old, you're a professional, you're still a professional. So, it's tough to say. I see it from both sides, because I do think that whatever you do, like, for me, I've worked a lot of shit jobs. I think at some point, like, last year when I was working for, you know, big box retailer that, you know, for one, I don't want to give him free promo also, too. You know, I, I, I'm trying to slowly transition and I'll stop talking about the motherfuckers, but, like, at some point I got to the point at that job where I was like, yo, and this is the thing. because uh, you know, I'm working at the job I'm at now and I just want to give an effort. Like I know every day is not going to be a hundred percent, but if I could give anywhere from sixty to hundred, then to me that's good. But I, I want to try to improve, even if it's the most if this is the most menial job, it's like, all right, let me try to get a little bit more strategic and a little bit more efficient today. So that's just that's just my mentality. I do understand the motherfucker just saying, like, look, I'm just gonna clock in and do what I gotta do. I mean, I don't know. It it's I guess it's a philosophy. <laughs> it's like whatever your philosophy is, I, I can't call it. I mean me personally, like I said, I lean towards trying to be uh, the best version of myself. That's just how I look at it.
0: Well, you know, you, you sent me this clip of uh of Kobe Bryant talking about his, his uh his thought process when it comes to quitting.
1: In the middle of that run, doing one of my spreads, you know, I just kind of thought to myself like, no, this is hurting too much. Maybe I should just stop running. Like, we would it feel like to just stop and just quit right in the middle of the workout. And obviously, I didn't stop. My legs just kept going. But it just kind of got me thinking, like, you know, wondering, is this what quitters
3: do? Like, at this moment in time, when the pain is just too much, do they just stop and just go sit down
1: somewhere? And, uh, and then, you know, the question I had was, well, you know, how do you sleep with yourself that night? Cause I couldn't, if I, if I had done that, there's no way I'd be able to look myself in the mirror or, you know, lay my head down to sleep at night and feel comfortable with that. I, I was crying the first time around. I'm like, this is hilarious. It's just like, it's like, yeah, how, how do you sleep at night? It's like, hey, hey, cameraman, how do you do it? Like, how do you not be the best cameraman ever? Like, like, Gaffer, how do you do it? <laughs> like, he's just like, this is like that energy. Like, how do you do it over there? Like, what do you do? <laughs> but you know what's so funny? Cause there's been so many times in these last couple of weeks where I felt exactly what he was talking about. Like, I'll be at the job. I clock in. I'm like, oh, like my mind, my body, like my stomach the anxiety of having to do this shit that I don't want to do, but it's just like my body just keeps moving. So yeah, it, like you can't, just that's the thing about life. Too. You can't just quit everything you don't like. So I, I definitely agree with Kobe there. Yeah,
0: no, there's, there's uh there's higher levels on the other side of suffering, like in, yeah. in all different forms. So, um, you know, for him, like it's, it was exercise. Like th- there's a higher level, like mentally and physically, if he pushes through that workout endurance wise and mentally, it's like now you tell yourself, yeah, I can do this shit. Same with you. It's like, like, you know, I got to do this job because this is the job that needs to get done. This is the assignment. I don't have to like the assignment, but the assignment needs to get done. And if I don't get the assignment done, I'm only going to hurt myself. I'm not going to hurt anybody else because they'll just get somebody else to come fucking do it.
1: Yeah, and, and the, the doors and the opportunities that are starting to open for me just because I stayed there and did the shit that I hate. It's, it, you know, it's, it has been worth it, even though I still hate it. Like I gotta get up at 130 to ball and do some shit that I hate. But you know, long term, it pays off.
0: Yeah. So, so I think, you know, the moral here from, from Derek Lewis, um is i i like Derek Lewis. i, I hope he does bounce back and get it gets himself another couple wins before he hangs it up or maybe he hangs it up now he's made enough money like you know just says like yeah i'm the knockout king and you know rides off to the sunset but i do think the attitude of you know i don't give a fuck about this shit but this is your this is your job like when you approach something with the attitude of i don't give a fuck about this shit your results are gonna be of the I don't give a fuck variety and th- that that's what he's showing so if we can learn anything from that example or from you know Kobe's words or what Steve just said don't give up out there guys and it's, that, it's that not my, that bad
1: and that was my thing too because you know and it's the last thing about that other job where like I said I was having an issue with uh superior and it, people were saying like yeah well you know you don't have to you know work as hard for whatever I'm like Well, if I sit back and I say I'm not going to put my best foot forward here, I feel like that's going to transfer to other aspects of my life, like when I'm in the gym, when I'm with my family, when I'm working on my personal goals. So I'd much rather remove myself from a a situation that's toxic where, you know, I don't want to, you know, follow the rules, whatever the rule change may be, because it's unfair than to sit back and just, you know, clock in and just, you know, do whatever, you know, the micromanager is telling me to do and not. You know, do what I normally do here. So,
0: I I, I agree. You know, it's, it's you, you got you got to endorse some shit to to get the good stuff on the other side.
1: It, it's energy, man. Energy is transferable. If you get into a certain mentality of doing your life one way, it's going to it's it, it just it's going to by osmosis, it's going to transfer to all all the other aspects of your life.
0: So, you know, we, we, we started the top, the, the podcast off on some heavy topics, so I, I want to kind of break it up a little bit before we get into some of the other things I wanted to talk about with, uh, you know, one of my, this is my favorite part of the podcast. I don't know how much Steve enjoys it, but... Wow, like a wolf. Just a fucking animal.
3: Bark like a dog, come on. We ain't nothing but What kind of animal smokes marijuana at his own confirmation?
0: You know, with animal behavior, it always tends to come from some random shit that, I, that I've seen on IG that I think is funny. Um, and this week is no different. This is um, – I have no idea, you know, who this woman is that's doing this interview. But the, the title of the video is Does It Matter What She Does for a Living?
1: My girl's not going to take dick from anybody else but me.
3: Even if she's playing? <laughs>
1: Yeah, money doesn't run my life. Money's not good enough to give up my morals that you having dick and coming your face and getting busted on and you going come home and kiss me and build a life with me? Nah.
3: Well, I'm a porn star and I haven't sold my soul, so.
1: And, uh, I, that's not really information for my life. I told you my opinion. I don't care if you're a porn star. Ain't a bitch bad enough to So would you start? fuck me? Like I said earlier, I would smash, but I would not date.
3: I'm a great, I'm a great girlfriend though. You know, you're kind of passing it up. Do you? A little side question. You're
1: not going to be a great girlfriend while you're taking dick from those five guys. So
3: you know what? Well, I don't do gangbangs. Number one, number two. So would you think that I wouldn't be able to come home and treat you right, cook you dinner? Those aren't qualities you want, you would want in a girlfriend.
1: Well, I think I can find those qualities, and for them to do something that I respect outside the home. Unfortunately, it's not about what you do in front of me; it's what you do behind. Oh, he could get her easy. He got her. He probably took her home and fucked her that night. <laughs> all the all the demonic energy is coming out of that bitch what do you mean first of all i don't do no gangbangs.
0: yeah well see i always like when you hear people that are listening with the intent to react instead of to understand because it's like yeah you're just holding on the the fact that he said you know you're taking you're having sex with five guys like it's not about that it's about the overall act of you know what you're doing like he said in the end if I don't respect what you do, we can't, we can't build like, yeah, maybe you do like, uh, c- uh, can, can hook a good steak up and all that type of shit. But it's like, if you go out here and you're slurping down the next man from the hours of nine to five, like, I, can I truly respect you? Or can I truly, you know, love you and all that type of shit that you're supposed to do in a relationship. So I, I agree with him, but on the, on the animal aspect and and back to the title of the video, Steve, does it matter what she does for a living?
1: Of course it does. I mean, I, I think ideally, you know, you want to put yourself in the position with Nipsey, ball is so hard you could pay your bitch. Like, that uh, eliminates a lot of that shit, you know, because, shit, if your bitch's only talent is sucking dick and y'all need the money, like, can you blame her? Like, you can't really take care of that bitch. You probably shouldn't be with that bitch anyway.
0: Right, right.
1: <laughs> go, go sit back go Like that, she don't know how to do nothing else. Like if a woman's not good at school, what's she really gonna do? I've worked some manual labor jobs. Like all of the women, they need help lift the heavy shit. It's like, what the fuck? The application say you gotta lift over 50 pounds, sweetie. Like you shouldn't be here. Get out of here. Go, go braid some hair or something. It's tough out here for women, man. Like I said, it's, if you're not, if you're not good with your marks, if you don't get your good grades, I don't know what you going to do with this life. You're going to be a, uh, hello, can I take your order ass bitch if you don't get good grades at school. It's fucked up out here. I know I could always look some heavy shit. I, I wasn't good at school, but I can look. Stop hoeing around all through your 30s. You give your 20s to the street Negroes. You give your 30s to the pretty boys. They use you up, dog you out. Now you're in
2: your 40s. And nobody's jumping to marry your ass. And so now you're saying it ain't no good black men. No, no, no. There's plenty of good black men. The problem
0: is you gave your best years to men who didn't deserve it. Is that what the problem is? I think there's a whole different conversation,
1: though. Like, you know, that that goes into what the system is and how it works. But th- there isn't a lot of good men, though. Like, I I will say that. But at the same time, I don't think that women are the best judge of character so it's it's fucked up whatever every side. like nobody's really getting taught how to do anything or getting taught any real knowledge wisdom and understanding so the game is fucked up on on all places but shout out to umar
0: do you think that's just women or is that just people in general i
1: think it's people in general like how many guys who like are nine to fivers who actually try to do the right thing and they pick the wrong woman so who knows? We might have to get back to the arranged marriage uh, system. Like, what's wrong with that?
0: I don't think there's anything wrong with it. To yeah, be it's honest. like none of like, us are I, I, right I, I think a lot of the stuff that the that Western culture has put on us is it's about the individual. It's about your own personal desires. Oh, I do what the fuck I want to do, and that's my body, my choice, and like all, all this shit is just me, 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 me. It's never about the whole or the all so it's like you know with if all of our decisions are just based on like like that girl I still want to do what the fuck I want to do all day I want to suck dick all day but I also still want to come home and have a husband like they they want to have everything they want to have their cake and eat it too instead of just saying you know what let me play my role let me be of service like and let the man play his role let him be of service and you know we can all keep this whole thing spitted but it's not about that it's about me 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 over here
1: yeah drake told you you can't have everything
0: yeah but but. he also told them that they they need to be nice for what so i i don't know if drake's the person to to bring up there so yeah that's that's just a little animal behavior you know to marinate on you know we're we're, we're not here to uh to tell you what to do it's just 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 something to marinate on I'm here um, to
1: tell you what to do. Get your ass in the kitchen. and Be barefoot and pregnant. That is Steve talking. Yeah, You were here playing games. Talking about I'm a porn star, and and I never even heard of you. It's like what star? Like, I ain't never seen any of your shit. What's that <laughs> bitch's name?
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know. I don't even know if that's a real thing. Like like I said, that was just some shit that was on the timeline that I I found interesting. You know, we we're not checking sources on some of this shit. Like, do he, do with it what you will. Like with the information. Shout
1: out to dude, dude. You can fuck her easy. I, I I love like this this fake. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking argue him down. It's like what what are you arguing down about? Like Shut up.
0: All right. Um. <laughs> <laughs> shut shut your mouth. You ever tell a woman just shut your mouth? I don't think I talk to people like that. I I, I try to be you know respectful for what
1: like you, you going to you going to be respectful to her Is she talking to you like that you got to tell somebody like that to shut your mouth
0: do we have to, is that is, is, is that
1: what it's come to yeah that's animal behavior like you got <laughs> 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 to she's an animal
0: oh. <laughs> Yo, all right. <laughs> he, as always, like if, if you let if you let Steve run a, a one four flat, he's gonna take it to the extreme.
1: <laughs> to give Steve ball, the fuck out of the way. Get, give Michael ball, the fuck
0: out of the way. Yeah, go to the quarter. <laughs> Let's move on to uh, another topic I wanted to discuss this week from. A uh NLE Chopper interview that he was having on Vlad TV. Um NLE Chopper, for those that don't know, he's a rapper. He's 19. Um his music I I, I skimmed his music a little bit. It's the typical, you know, slide on the ops, fuck the ops bitch, shoot the ops. Uh, you know, a lot of bad things that you do to the ops. That, that that's the gist of his music. But his public persona is uh Wrapped up in, you know, health and wellness and fitness and, you know, herbal herbal treatments for diseases and stuff like that, which I find interesting that, you know, somebody that's as young as he is and in his position in the rap game is talking about that type of stuff. So I wanted to play this little bit, of, this little clip from uh, an interview that he that he did with Vlad talking about some of the things that he's doing uh health and fitness wise in his uh, hometown of Memphis
2: say, oh, I'm going to get this money and I'm going to turn my back on the city and I ain't never coming back. Well, how is you going to change your city? You know what I'm saying? How how would it change if you're not pouring the good into it? So, like, I, lo- I love to stay around the city to, to sit there and be like, I know the path I'm on, so what is needed for me to – for me to get people on the same path, I might preach this. Oh, veganism helped me. This helped me. Well, these people in Memphis, where the fuck I get vegan food at? If it's if it's if I can't even ask Siri where's the nearest destination to vegan food. So boom, that's why I come in and I'm like, okay, I want to implement a vegan restaurant here. I got a vegan food truck I'm working on getting a restaurant. Or I, I say something about herbs. Oh, um, how, how I supposed to get herbs, where I supposed to get this from is nowhere in Memphis. Oh, Dr. Sebi niece, she has a whole, whole place in South Memphis where she sell herbs that nobody knew. I made a whole video about it. And also you can go online and at least help the wellness to get herbs. Boom.
0: So, um, I I think you and I, at least in the little bit that we talked about it in pre-production, we had, uh, I don't know if we had conflicting opinions on it, but I, I'll let you, you, uh, express your thoughts on that, Steve.
1: No, I mean I, uh, I'm proud of the young man. You know, he seems like he's doing something positive. Like you said, at the very least, off wax. I mean, I don't know what these niggas talk about on wax about the ops and fucking your bitch and ah, da nah, yeah dad or whatever they talk about. But um, in, in the great words of Kendrick, I'm not your savior. That's how I feel about that. Like, you, like my mentality is like, yo, it's not my job to go back to the hood and save it. Like. This place is done, man. Like, a lot of people just have a mentality like, yo, you going to go tell those guys that just robbed that pastor there's a better way? I'm not talking to those people. I want to be as far away from people like that as I can. You call me Uncle Tom, Uncle Rux. I don't give a fuck. Let me hit a look. You're not going to see me again. Fuck that
0: shit. But shout out to L.A. Well, Chauvin. Well, I, I think, um, you know, my, my opinion is pretty much the opposite on that because, you don't have somebody like Malcolm X become what he became in the second half of his life if, if nobody was gonna say, if somebody just said, yeah, that nigga's a lost cause. He's a pimp. He's a hustler. He's this, he's this, that. I, I, I don't think it's, it's a good mentality to say, you know, fuck them niggas in the hood. Let, let them figure it out. Cause I figured it out. Like that, 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 that's not right. Um, I, I, I think, uh, the idea of, putting more of those options and where you're from. And the fact that like, he's from Memphis. He lo- like, like he, he says in other parts of the interview, how much he loves Memphis. He doesn't want to leave. So if you like where you're at and you don't want to leave, but you want to make it better. It's like, make your environment a product of you don't make, don't become a product of your environment. And that's the only way this shit changes. You know, I, I recently I haven't finished it yet, but I've been listening to an audio book called blue zones, it's the second book in a series by, uh, author Dan Buettner. You can look him up if you want to. But, uh, he talks about blue zones, these areas in the world where there's the highest concentration of people that live to be over a hundred years old. And the first book is a, is about their lifestyles and some of the things they have in common. The second book is how do you create a blue zone? So like they actually went out to places in Minnesota and different areas and tried to, cultivate a blue zone by changing the habits of the people um, putting better food options out there changing the structure of the city in different ways and stuff like that so um i don't know if, if nle like knows about that or not but he's doing the same thing it's, it's like he's on the same wavelength vibration whatever you want to call it with the people that are trying to do that so you know i i i commend it and i, I think we need more people you know, myself included, like in the ways that I can, like in my area, I should be, you know, helping more people and doing that, that type of shit. Like we all should, like, if you have information on food, nutrition, health, exercise, you know, how to take care of your skin or whatever, how to meditate, all that type of shit, share it with with the people around you. And then, you know, it can ripple out. But if we all just say, fuck it, let everybody figure it out on their own, like, you know, then yeah, this, this shit will continue to decay.
1: Yeah, well it's is going to continue to decay regardless. You know, I, like and then what I've seen is a lot of people just don't even appreciate shit. Like you put somebody on to that shit and they just be like, man, fuck you, fuck that. I'm gonna stay in this cesspool mentality. So like I said, man, I, I appreciate it, I respect it, but that's just not me. Like I'm not you know, I, for one, I'm not into wasting time, and then also two, I've just lost hope in humanity. I just I just don't think, you know, niggas is gonna figure it out. So I just take my shit and, and trying to get the fuck away from these motherfuckers. That's how I look at it. I all can right. respect it. I, I can respect it. I like it. You know, uh, he's just a better man than me. That's how I look at it.
0: Damn, that, that's a harsh outlook though. Yeah, like I'm, I'm, this nigga I'm was done like, with like I lost faith in humanity. It, like fuck y'all niggas.
1: Yeah, cause you know, one day you're doing your job. Next day this nigga pulls up, talk about like, no, you're not doing your job. I'm like, all right, no problem. See if I help niggas ever again. Dang. <laughs> like-
0: <laughs>
2: like, oh, you not, bitch not bitch. Ever,
0: like it, it's just over like yeah. not you hit one robot but it's just that's like them niggas they get one bitch they can't handle the bitch and now they're red pill and it's like yeah. I gotta go my own way cause that last bitch fucked me up like yeah. like you like, can't I, cuddle with them you can't smell them yeah. you can't smile at
1: him. <laughs> I, I don't know what pill I'm in I'm, I'm uh, anti-supervisor pill or whatever <laughs> 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 like like, fuck that a, a, a black man do some shit like that to me i never thought that never thought a black man be doing some shit like that to me a corporate america ridiculous yeah, no, what no, did that's... they
0: say all skin folk ain't kin folk
1: yeah exactly that's that's why like like i said shout out to e. chopper but like no because i'll be damned if i'm sitting there rolling along and this nigga like rob me while i'm at the vegan shop just take all my vegan shit
0: no (laughs) well that goes back to the beginning of the podcast steve like if you're war ready like and and you look like somebody that's not to be fucked with like you know you present yourself in a physical demeanor it's like that motherfucker looks dangerous you you you're trained you're prepared for the shits like like these people like they're cowards they're not looking for a hard target they're looking for the easy weak looking looking people like, that's, that's who they want to pick on. That's why these mass shooters want to go into a school or a mall or whatever where people are with their kids or they're vulnerable and shit like that. Like, they're not looking for a fight. Like, so I disagree with that strongly. It's like, if, like, you know, niggas can try me at the vegan shop if they want to. Like, it's not going to go your way.
1: Yeah, well, I'm ducking the feet, and I'm just going to work with the motherfuckers that I know that I can build with. I'm not going to be picking these random stragglers up. No.
0: Well, like, I I I think that that that's probably where we're having the most disagreement because it's like if he says like taking it back to NLE, if he yeah. says I'm in 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 Memphis, I mm-hmm. like vegan food and there's no vegan restaurant, like let me start a vegan restaurant because that's what yeah. I like and I know there's some other people that like vegan food they can come here so we can make money, I, I can make money being a capitalist at the same time and give people. A health option, if that's what they want. I, I think that's, that's good. You know, yeah. I, I, I was looking into, um, you know, trying to just fix my personal skincare routine. So I was looking at black owned companies that, uh, you know, had skincare, like, you know, shit with people that have skin like me so I can, you know, figure my shit out. And I, I came across Dorian Reed and his company, Butter, and he made it, he made his whole company based on the idea of, He was trying to figure out his skincare routine, you know, what maybe, I don't know, it was like 10 years ago or whatever. And the shit that was out there wasn't working for him. So he made his own and now it's a huge company, multi-million dollar company. So it's like, you know, you're still getting your money, but you're, you're helping people that had the same issue that you have and you're providing a service. I think like ultimately that, that's what human beings are here to do. Like mm-hmm. we can still get our money and enjoy, you know, the pleasures of life and all that type of shit. But it don't have to be just, you know, let, let me get my money and get the fuck away from everybody. Yeah. I, I, I don't think that's any good.
1: Yes, wow, <laughs> dude, you you go and get your money and get it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly all right. Well,
0: yeah. See, that, that's why I like doing this podcast because it's like, like th- these aren't contrived debates. Like th- this is how Steve really feels. Yeah.
1: Black Skip bailers, and, and when I have my own shit, it's going to be a big-ass electric gate. You get five feet close, that shit going to zap that shit out of you. It's like protected ass- by Vipers. Stand back. Yup. Yup. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly what that shit going to be.
0: <laughs> oh, shit. So, well, you know, sh- good shout good. out to NLE and yes, and, and, and all the young boys that's doing shit like that. Like I, I I was impressed with him just off the fact that he's nineteen. Even though the music is pure nonsense, I, I, I just <laughs> I, I like where his heads at. And that, you know, if you get more dudes like that thinking like that at nineteen, imagine when he's thirty. Like you know w- w- what he could be doing or building out here. So sh- shout out to him. I, I hope he keeps going.
1: Oh, well, when he's thirty, he might turn into me. He might have my mentality. like you know, I'm sick of this shit.
0: Well, I, I don't see NLE going to a job and having a supervisor talk to him crazy. So, <laughs> like, I, I, th- I think y'all experiences might separate y'all from that, from, from that. What you try to say, I'm soft? No, fuck with you. <laughs> <laughs> music. You know, I always like to talk about music in different ways. And, um, you know, this is the Last Men Potting podcast. I don't know what the demographics of the listeners are going to be. But you know Beyonce is a big artist. She dropped the album this week. I I I listened to it. Um, I, I've liked her last couple of albums. That the Lemonade was cool. The self titled album was cool. I was forced to listen to a lot of her music when I was a kid because my sisters kept it on repeat. Um, so you know I'm I'm very familiar with Beyonce's music, so I I, I check it out. And um, you know she dropped this Renaissance album that is kind of like a shift in sound like into like this voguing sort of i don't know i don't even know what genre to describe it like disco synth pop however you describe it type of shit um 16 tracks i, I thought about five of them was cool you know like i i think like the standouts i saw were like cuff it uh church girl and a couple other ones that I, it was a song that drake wrote that 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 was cool a couple other songs on there um but i was more interested in talking about like where beyonce's at in her career and the fact that she's 40 years old has been out for you want to say more than 20 years and is still very relevant um if not one of the most relevant artists in in popular music and the quality's not there on this album to say like you know she should be you know, regarded as a top-tier artist or anything like that so there has to be other things that are keeping her in this position which uh steve and i were starting to discuss like the the idea of the machine of the music business gets behind certain artists like a beyonce like a drake or an adele or taylor swift or whatever regardless of the exact talent level it's that This is an individual that we can market very well and promote and push them to the highest level and make and make a lot of money with this package of of who this artist is presenting themselves to be. And I think Beyonce is like the epitome, the epitome of that at this point in her career. The fact that she still has, you know, you know, the the Internet can freeze or Spotify can crash or whatever when she drops her music. So there's there. There's some interesting things to talk about, like, along those lines, but, uh, before we get too deep into that, Steve, what, what did you think of the music, uh, just on, on that level?
1: I, I felt the same exact way that you did. It's even hard to kind of, cause like, a lot of it just kind of blends together. So it, it's hard, like, cause there was songs where I'm like, yeah, I like this song too, but like, even now, thinking about it, cause I listened to the album, like, it was either two times or a time and a half. Cause the first time, you know, drink a little bit a couple of beers and you know like it's like the vibe is fine it's not nothing that's really going to upset you but it's not anything that is like super duper great because I, I felt the same i'm like yeah there were tracks on there i like but i can barely remember shit but yeah it, we're about the same it's like you know church girl i thought it was cool and you know I, I thought it was genius to with that what they did with that single the break my soul especially to to put that out right now with the you know, remember a few uh, months ago, people talk about the Great Resignation. It's like just kind of like the culture with, with how women are and different things like that. It's like they're able to package her together, where like she's able to either catch the trends or set the trends. Where you know, for an album like this, it's it it, it, it really makes sense.
0: I think like your last point there about you know wh- what she talks about as far as like the women empowerment or whatever like that's a part of like the trends that she either hops on or the trends that she sets, you know, she's been heavy on the, um on the black culture imagery and stuff like that. The last couple of projects, even that, that Lion King soundtrack that she did. So I I think, you know, Beyonce, like the, the, the idea of Beyonce or the business of Beyonce, it's put together so well, just the fact that you don't hear her talk. She doesn't do interviews. Anytime you see her, her image is pristine. It's you know, formulated with the stylus and all that. So she always presents herself as the best looking version of herself. The the music, when you look at the credits on the music, there's fucking ten writers on some of these tracks and you know, very talented people like Drake and the Dream and even like some of the dope underground people like Levin Callie and Sid that she's working with. She she seems to like just keep Keep like the right mix of people around her. Now maybe that's her. Maybe that's Jay-Z. Maybe that's the label. Maybe that's, you know, maybe it's a combination of all. It's probably a combination of all of it that, that, that is, uh, keeping her where she's at. But the interesting thing to me is that she's like the music's not, it's not like a revelation. Like uh-huh. for this to be called renaissance or whatever, this music is not. Next level music. It's there. There's nothing new. The envelope's not getting pushed forward. This is a rehash of shit that's been done much better multiple times in the past, and th- that's like the majority of her career. And and we were having a conversation the other day in the pre production about five tool players, and I called Beyonce a five tool player, and I think there was a miscommunication about what I meant when I said yeah. that.
1: Yeah, school people.
0: So and, and, <laughs> in baseball, there's. The concept of a five-tool player. And like a King, King Griffey. Yeah, King um, Griffey is a perfect example of a five-tool yeah. player. So a five-tool player can has speed, throwing mm-hmm. ability, fielding ability. They have the ability to hit for average and hit for power. So that's rare. You don't have a lot of people that can do that. So like modern era, you go like Fernando Tatis. Uh, Mike Trout is the epitome of it uh uh Bryce Harper stuff like people like that. I think this like Bryce Harper and Mike to. Trout is a good example because they both came in the league around the same time. But Mike Trout is just a lot better. Like I M- didn't Mike. I don't know Trout you know is- your baseball
1: like that. Huh? I'm impressed. I didn't know you know your baseball like that. That's imp- that's impressive.
0: Well yeah I I I I've been getting into baseball like the last couple of years. But like if you look at for those that <clears throat> do know baseball, if you look at somebody like Mike Trout, Mike Trout is arguably one of the best people to ever pick up a baseball bat statistically. Um, He can do everything, and he's done everything at a high level for a long time. Bryce Harper, really, really good, can do all of the stuff that Mike Trout does, but he can't do it to Mike Trout's level. So – but they're both five-tool players. So, like, Beyonce can sing. She can dance. She produces a little bit. She writes a little bit. She – um you know, acts a little bit, like, all of that type of shit, like, the image is pristine, she's attractive, like, the styling and all of that, it's always put together well, that's what I mean when I say Beyonce's a five-tool player, it's, I'm not saying, like, you know, when I mention people like, like, Prince or Marvin Gaye or whatever, like, they all have those skills, like, they had skills in multiple areas, but obviously Prince, like, you know, Marvin Gaye, they're on a different, they're on, like, a legendary God-level tier, Beyonce is yeah. nowhere near that, but right. she, she she's not the best singer, she's not the best dancer, she's not the best whatever. But she can do all of those things. Where you take somebody like a Jasmine Sullivan, for example, who's had her her resurgence—I guess we could call it resurgence—since she put out the hotels, you know, Grammy-nominated, singing at the Super Bowl, stuff like that. Much better singer than Beyonce, right? Yeah, but Much she, okay. she doesn't dance. She doesn't, um, have the, the notoriety or the prestige of the image. You know, I, I think Jasmine Sullivan is attractive, but maybe she's not as attractive as Beyonce to the average consumer. So like right, th- yeah. those are the things that separate a Jasmine Sullivan level of art of, uh, entertainer and a Beyonce level of entertainer. And I think like that's the reason why Beyonce's still at the top after 20 years because she has Five tools. And it's like when one of them's not that good, she can rely on the other ones. Cause there were years when she was putting out, eh, okay music, but she was still bad as shit. She was still putting on really good shows on tour and shit like that, putting on the spectacles. So until the music got a little better quality, She was able to sustain because she still had five tools to rely on where some of these motherfuckers is like, you know, if you only got two tools, you only got two tools. And you got to have both of those tools working at the high level to stay in the show, you know, taking it back to baseball. Like, you know, once you stop hitting for average, you got to go back down to the minors because now, you know, you're not here doing what you can do. We can't use your arm. We can't use you in the field. So if you're not hitting for average, what are we using you for?
1: That, that that's a great point because I remember in the uh, late two thousands she had a couple of duds like that that four like that that's was a straight dud.
0: Yeah, like it, like four has a couple decent songs on it, but it's 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 kind of a dud. Like this one, it has a couple of decent songs on it, but it's kind of a dud. It's like like you know this isn't gonna be. Well, I can't even say how popular this is gonna be because I think people's yeah. opinion on music has lowered drastically in the last twenty years, and what we. Consider to be the best shit just isn't so you know I, I i i could i could see this album being a huge album like i i could i could see oh, church yeah. girl being a big hit like you know at the parties the clubs and shit like that a couple of these other songs like break my soul you know i i could see that in target commercials and shit like that so i i think there's that like you know it it's almost like that concept of too big to fail Where there there's where they were saying in the bailout that uh you know certain banks were too big to fail the government just couldn't allow them to fail so they bailed them out. Where Beyonce at this point when you're in the studio with Drake and the Dream and um and all these other very talented people you're gonna come out with some shit that's that's acceptable to a lot of people. Like it's almost like there's too many talented people in the room for it to just be a piece of shit like
1: that's exactly what beyonce is too big to fail and that was the only problem like when you break down the five tool analogy my only problem was just like i'm like marvin Gaye and james ross like those motherfuckers changed the game like beyonce didn't really change a game she was able to find a great niche as being you know one of the most gorgeous women out at the time um like you said she's decent in every area so like they were able to market her and put her into a great position to create, you know, the total personality of the, the beehive and all that type of stuff. So when you break it down, I thought that was, I think that's a great analogy to five to a player.
0: Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's just, I always like using sports analogies like when it comes to music because they, they are, they're very similar in a lot of ways. Like they're yeah. kind of based on a lot of the same shit. So it kind of can put it, put it in perspective, but, um, you know, with, with, with Beyonce, I think that's the reason why she's at this level. Cause I was talking to my mom the other day. Cause, you know, growing up, my mom put me onto a lot of, a lot of good music. I, I, I think she's the reason why I have the taste in music that I have is so varied. You know, some of the albums and shit that they used to play in the house when I was a kid. Um, and I was asking her like, you know, what are your thoughts on Beyonce as somebody that was, around when prince was out when michael jackson was out all these other people were out and she's like there's just something missing like there's just not there's not that thing that puts you on the next level where like you know you get like a whitney houston just has the voice of an angel where that like it's just so like it's so rare for somebody to be able to sing to that level that you don't have to have the other things like all working at the same time to maintain that level of stardom and shit because you know people can't do what you do when you sing like beyonce like she don't she she has a decent voice i I like beyonce's voice i I think it sounds good on the tracks but it's not like a a a a, you know what do you want to call like god tier angel level voice like it's
1: just but let's be honest because it's not even say she's not talented but if she wasn't gorgeous, she wouldn't be at the level like she might just be a mid level artist if she wasn't gorgeous.
0: Well, I think, you know, when you brought up Kelly Rowland and you know, I'll I'll play this uh this clip from Tank that you sent me because you, you were using Kelly Rowland as an example of uh I don't know if this is like an example of like the injustices in the uh in the music industry of as to why certain people get to the, get to a level and others don't, but this was Tank breaking it down.
1: I work with Kelly Rowland and I was completely thrown the fuck off, right? Because we we all cool she was, we always no, we always want to give the credit to Beyoncé. Mhm. Who is Beyoncé? That's right? Beyoncé, yeah. The greatest of all times, right? right? Kelly Rowland is by far one of the most talented right. females I've ever worked with in my life. Wow. By far. Wow.
3: I never knew. Wow.
1: Cuz so, I gave all the credit to Beyonce, that's right. how the business of Destiny's Child was set up right. mm. to adore Beyonce. Beyonce's in the booth, there's a Kelly Rowland saying, ooh, try this. Mm. Ooh, and this note is crazy. Mm. Ooh, and there's, and we never know. Right.
0: And see, I, I think that, that kind of proves the five tool player, uh, theory that like Kelly Rowland might be just as talented or whatever um some people might say she's just as attractive or more attractive than beyonce but you know destiny child was made by beyonce's dad so obviously it's going to be oriented around beyonce and her her dad is a good talent agent like he he could see that like maybe part of it a lot of it is that it was his daughter so yeah i'm gonna make my daughter the center of this shit but those other girls they don't have the the extra thing that pushes Beyonce to the highest level because Kelly Rowland has dabbled in solo music and shit like yeah. that but it's so like if, if you one. had it you would be at that level like cause certain people just have it like the, but the, that that's the interesting part we talk about
1: like the attractiveness of it Beyonce just has a specific look right like you could maybe you could argue that Kelly is just attractive I don't know I mean I would, it's just like the like just like that is like the standard of beauty, like for like Black women in America, really. Like for whatever reason, like they've been able well, to market I think a her. I a lot as of them. it
0: has to do with you know the the racial background of you right. know Beyonce's light skin and all of that type of shit. Like she wears the blonde weaves. Like the, exactly. there's there's a lot of that shit that goes into it too. Where you know you don't there's not a history of a lot of darker skin women uh really excelling in the music business aside from you know your cases of like Lauren Hill, Nina Simone, like yeah, you know people like that but they're rare like Caleb, and though. and and people like that like Lauren Hill, Nina Simone, those are true artists. Right. Like you know make 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 some of the best songs ever created like that type of shit. Beyonce's not like I she's not on that level of artistry. No. She's an entertainer. Yes. Like where K- Kelly Rowland might be, like Tank said, one of the most talented people she Kelly Rowland might be a great artist, but she might not be the best entertainer. And that's the shit that separates somebody like Beyonce from these other people. She knows how to entertain. That's why she's able to do the, the uh, Coachella thing a couple years ago and do all of the um, the uh, HBCU stuff and people yeah. eat it up because she knows how to package that shit and put it out for people to eat it up. Like yeah. if, if, if these other people could do it, they would be doing it, but they can't like that's the like what me say it's levels to this shit.
1: Yeah, she's just able to tap into, you know, something that just resonates with like the, I hate using the word the culture, but it's like that's just what it is. She, she's able to tap into like that, like from almost like a spiritual level. Like yeah, shit, they, they, they the know tops. they know
0: what they're doing as as far yeah. as that shit and i won't even get into all of the the symbolism and shit that displays or <laughs> some of the coded messages that they put in their music that that shows that the the way that they do shit over there is not yeah. coincidental like,
1: yeah they, they, they know what they're level. doing they're at a higher plate like, yeah they also they also yielded dark vader shit over there like, <laughs> <other fungers>. <laughs> <laughs> like these motherfuckers got telekinesis or something
0: yeah, like like none of the shit that they're doing is accidental, coincidental, or none of that shit. Even if you go down to the dates that they drop their music and the, yes. the length of some of their songs, so like it, it, it's very it, it's it, it's very grounded in, in whatever you. I won't even say Dude. what words you know with with all this stuff that we're talking about. You know, Beyonce where where she's at, how she's able to maintain it, and all that. <laughs> there was uh you know, there's always controversy around the album when it drops like you know whether it's manufactured or legitimate i'll let i'll let the people decide we'll just report on it um there's a calice sample i don't remember what song she sampled calice on uh there's a clean sample somewhere on the album calice was upset about it and um this is uh this is what she said this is what she had to say
3: okay is that my real beef is not only with beyonce because at the end of the day she sampled a record. She's copied me before. She's done it before. So have many other artists, it's fine. I don't care about that. The issue is, is that not only do are we female artists, okay, black female artists in an industry that we, there's not that many of us, right? We've met each other. We know each other. We have mutual friends. It's not hard. She can contact, right? I know what I own and what I don't own. I also know the lies that were told. I also know the things that were stolen. Publishing was stolen. People were swindled out of rights. It happens all the time, especially back then. So it's not about me being mad about Beyonce. Everyone's like, a sh- you're all sheep. And I'm talking to the people who are obsessed and blind, just like, ooh, 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 ooh. like, it's so dumb. It's so ignorant. It's so... So,
0: I, I get what she's saying, where, you know, part, half of it is like this petty shit that she's claiming is going on between her and Pharrell and Beyonce and that they're doing this shit on purpose to... uh to to spite her here here's the other part where she mentions that
3: if i don't talk about it i am about it okay so the reality is all of this female empowerment it only counts if you really do it if you're really living it and walking the walk don't just talk the talk it's real cute and fun to sing all these girls songs don't, come on now let's be real all right and then thirdly you want to talk about for all time oh because i'm happy i'd be happy too if i was doing all kinds of folks publishing and writes to songs and all kinds of stuff <laughs> I actually really wouldn't be happy because it's evil. But the point is, okay, and then I saw one of my fan pages, and someone was like, oh, this is a collaboration. Collaboration between B and Khalees. No, it's not a collaboration. It's called Avery because the collaboration. The definition of collaboration it means that we are working together.
0: All right, and yeah, she's starting to squawk at the end. Yeah,
1: it, you got to feel for Nas, man. I, I just got a headache from, what was that, about a 45-second clip? <laughs> that was brutal. Can you just imagine he's just sitting there smoking his blood and, and, and drinking his Hennessy, and she just comes in. It's just like, oh my god. But you
0: know the funny thing about Nas, just a quick sidebar, is like when he wrote that song by Baby about divorcing Khalees, yeah this nigga ended the song by saying, I'll do it all again, it's a beautiful life. so i would her? Like, I, I don't know if, he, if some niggas just don't learn their lesson or if that's toxic positivity.
1: Well, he's not, he, I mean,
0: I would say he's probably the latter, like, what, toxic
1: positivity? Because it's not like he has done it again. But, I mean, you know, maybe he's learned, like, the type of woman, like, you know, maybe if she starts squabbling for over 30 seconds, you probably should just run away from her as fast as you can. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: brutal. I'm like, oh, my God. Well, this bitch shut
0: the fuck up. So uh, to to bring it back to what she was saying, artist to artist, if you're a true artist, huh. do you think an artist has an has a obligation if they sample somebody else's music to – um get their blessing to use it because there was this issue a couple years ago with I think it was with uh Nicki Minaj and I want to say Tracy Chapman where Nicki Minaj sampled a Tracy Chapman song Tracy Chapman didn't want to clear the sample whether it was because she didn't like Nicki's music or whatever um but Nicki released it anyway so it it became a whole issue And some of this stuff could be avoided if you just say, like, hey, I really fuck with this song. I want to sample it. Uh, do you, do you mind if I sample it? Like, you know? Well, not
1: all the time, because I heard that, um, what's the Through the Wire? Is that Shaka Khan? I heard Shaka Khan was, I heard she was pissed when she heard when Kanye, like, chopped it up like that. So like you never know like you might try to get the blessing they hear this shit like what the fuck is this bullshit no I'm not clearing but, it
0: but yeah that's that's what I'm saying like <laughs> like and if you're Kanye in that situation and you and you can play your song for Shaka Khan and she's like no nah, I don't fuck with that shit do you yeah. respect that and don't put it out or do you say well such and such owns the publishing I was just trying to be respectful <laughs>
1: <laughs> see I mean. At the end of the day, though, like, you look at it, that's one of Kanye's biggest hits, though. So, I mean, shit, maybe I'll cut you a check on the back end, but some people just don't have a vision like that, so...
0: I don't Ugh. even think it's about the money. Like, yeah. like, like, let's forget the money, because it's like, if I don't own it, I don't own it. But if right. it's my voice, and you say, yo, like, I fuck with you as an artist, like, I look up to you and all this shit, and I really like this song, I wanted to sample this song, and it, i would like it <laughs> if you put your blessing on it's like you know the same when you 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 want to marry a woman it's not required in 2022 that you go talk to her father but there's still a lot of men that appreciate that
1: father like you know a bitch with a father
0: Yeah, but you get what i'm saying <laughs> I'm <fucking laughs> the, the, the gist of it where it's like it's not required to do that anymore it's that's not written in stone nowhere but people still do it out of just respect for tradition or whatever. So do you think that that should be a thing in hip hop or not just hip hop, just in music? If you want to sample somebody's shit, whether they own it or Uh, not.
1: From an ethical standpoint, like, see, I I don't know. I, I would, I would probably say, I don't think that should necessarily be required. I see it from both sides. Um, me personally, just from an ethical standpoint, I'm, I would probably just get at you and be like, yeah, this is, this is what it is. You know, we, I'm going to take it and whether you like it or not, this is what it is. But that, that's the, that's the other thing too. Cause like, how far are we take it? Cause like you said, from that example, if you, back to the Kanye thing, now do I lose out on, on the lick because you don't like it? So it's like, how far are you willing to take that?
0: Yeah. Cause I could see it as like, if I'm a rapper, right? and somebody or a singer or whatever and somebody i don't like their music i don't like the shit they rap about i don't like their flow i think the song is whack and and you come and you want to sample my shit and i'm like nah fuck that shit that shit's whack like i I could see not clearing it i i like mariah carey did that a year ago to the uh those kids that that sample her song like remember when all the kids were beefing and they were remixing the R and B songs about shooting each other and <laughs> they did that to a to a Mariah Carey song and she got upset.
1: Yeah, she has every right to. It's like you go mix my shit when you're in there talking about you sliding on the ops and you coming on people's face. It's like no, I don't endorse that.
0: This is according to Billboard. Mariah Carey responded to a recent sampling of her hit song "Shake It Off." On Friday. I remember that shit. Yeah. Yeah. So there was a rapper that he remixed it and, and, uh, called it Let It Off about shooting people. Cease and desist. Yeah. So it, it was Mariah Carey, like said that they had 24 hours to take the song down and Qu- Quest Love said, I helped Mariah Carey with a sample 11 years ago when we were in the same situation and I helped, I helped, uh, like Erica Padu save a song that had a Paul McCartney and Lenny Kravitz sample on it. And he felt that artists should be paying it forward, you know, if, um, if other artists want to, you know, sample their music or whatever, um, that, that's how he felt as a, as an artist, but Mariah Carey felt different. So, and, you know, in this situation, Khalees feels different And, and there's also some of the pettiness and back and forth where, you know, we don't know the inside truth of it, what what really went down with her and Pharrell. Yeah, you know, I doubt Pharrell is ever gonna talk about it publicly. Um, so you know, we can only get Kalisa's side of it and and I don't know if Kheleese the most reliable narrator. You know, she's she's accused Nas of a lot of shit that Nas has denied and you know, she she, she tends to be in the media when it comes to uh drama. So I, I don't I don't know if Khalees is the most valuable narrator, but I also think this is just an interesting thing to, you know, sample my shit or you're not a real artist because yeah. it's like your music's all fluff and shit like that. And I like, Khalees has some good points. Cause I, I skimmed her catalog a little bit, like just to get some reference to this. And Khalees put out an album about 10 years ago. This Beyonce shit is kind of a a copy of the album that Khalees put out. And the Khalees album wasn't good either. Like the, the little bit that I heard from it, um, uh but it, it's like a a dance techno like type of album and you know kalice was saying it's like yeah you, you've been biting my shit for a minute like it like this isn't new so you love
1: my style are they, yeah, you, <laughs> you've you been weird.
0: on my dick you love my style
1: is this a uh is this a continuation of the jay-z and naz spousal beat? well
0: that's what jay-z and them do <laughs> but but the funny thing is i you know Nas was so big on you know how many of biggie's lines gonna come out your fat lips but you know, like yesterday. I'm listening to it never ends. Reason I got nine Mac Elevens about eight thirty eight. Like you know, copying the Biggie flow. So Sense is, is it just hypocrisy ends. when it comes to artists? Is it just like you know, our artists are just sensitive people and know. you I mean, know they just like, have the mood swings or whatever.
1: Because uh, it has been what? Because that's that's what on King's Disease too, right? That's on lost tapes too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. no, he's a hypocrite for that. Like that's bullshit. No, Lost Tapes 2? Well, no, I'll say this, though. Lost Tapes 2 was, what, a couple of years ago? Yeah. So I think at this point, you know, it, it might be something to – because Jay-Z was talking about how, you know, I I don't have to use Biggie's lines. It's just I'm trying to keep the memory alive. So it, it could be some of that at this point. Like, you know, it's been, what, almost 30 years since Biggie died. So it, it might just be some of that just, you know, legit uh homage. Like, yeah. You know, I wondered, like, that shit sound familiar. Like, if a young bull listened to it, like, it's just sound familiar. Let me go back to
0: that shit. Yeah, I, I think, I think that's a, that, that's part of the thing that Quest Love was saying with the Mariah Carey situation was let the young bulls do their thing. No, like, that's ridiculous.
1: Not, not you kill it, like, but let it off. Like, that's ridiculous. No, I don't, I, I, I don't blame Mariah Carey for that. I,
0: you know, I, I kind of look at it both ways because even though those songs aren't, like, you know, However, you want to put it morally wrong or whatever. Like the the one where the kid remixed the um, the Fantasia when I see you, like about <laughs> Slava. That like I don't care. That shit is fucking catchy. Like, oh, like it's bad. Like you know you shouldn't be talking about dead people like that and all that type of stuff. But it's it's a bop. Like the the, the same with the one where the kids redid the Vanessa Carlton drawing about like who I smoke. Da, 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 who I, like it's bad. You shouldn't talk about <laughs> dead people like that, but it's catchy what, as fuck. I smoke. <laughs> you never heard that,
3: Jordan? No.
0: Like this shit ha- this shit has forty million views. That shit do sound like Dirk a little bit. I see
1: Dirk hopping on that shit.
3: When I eat on his birthday, four shot, three dead in the worst way. Damn, he cut it to no me. What happened? Now we smoking 23? You always on my mind. Always on my mind. When I ride through the east side, I wanna see you. See, when I see you.
1: When I- if hip hop wasn't dead in 06, it's definitely dead now. <laughs>
0: So, you know, all of that being said, um I I've been getting back into my oldies recently, been listening to um a lot of Tina Marie, Bobby Womack, people like that. Like, you know, and the artistry was just different. And I wanted to play this clip from Bobby Womack. Bobby Womack was known for just talking on his tracks sometimes for like three, four minutes before he started singing, but as he said you know if i got something to say i'm gonna say it and in this particular clip he's talking about the music industry and he's been told that he wasn't commercial when he first came when he first was trying to get signed by record labels so but i'm gonna let him put it in his own words
2: you can hear a pin fall i know y'all know what i'm talking about i'm still trying to get over well anyway after i got through doing my thing Or should I say doing the best that I could? I'd never forget what they told me. (laughs) And one of the guys got up and said, I like you, and I ain't saying that you can't sing. But as they all began to leave the conference table, they kept on saying, but you're not commercial. 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 No, you're not
0: commercial. that that idea of you know the commercialism is ruining art and he was saying that that album came out look at the year real quick that album communication came out in 71 so 50 years ago he he was saying this that like you know that, that this was this was a problem you know the the commercialization of art and You know, people like Beyonce and some of these others, like they're the epitome of just it's commercialized, it's packaged for you to buy it. You know, to go go to a tour and all of this type of shit. Like these young bulls rapping, like remixing the R and B songs. It's about getting poppin', it's about making forty million, getting forty million views. It's not about art. It's not about pushing the music forward. Like you said, hip hop's dead. Uh, in in a lot of ways, hip hop is dead. Um, so. You know, what, what, what do you, what do you think about that? That, that idea that like, you know, commercialism is, is killing art.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely feel his pain, man. I remember going to the comedy clubs, man, you know, trying to talk to the booker and he, like, yeah, you know, we like this stuff, but you just don't have the secret sauce. Like, bitch, what sauce? I got all the fucking sauce.
0: So. I'm a five tool player, god damn it.
1: You goddamn right. <laughs> I got charisma. I got joke writing. I got physicality. Like, what don't I have? I'm a total package. So, you know, it, it's just. I think uh when you're trying to create something that somebody's never seen before, it would be hard for somebody to take a look at that and have the vision that you might have, right? Look, look at the struggle that somebody like a Nipsey Hussle got uh, in in well, his record business because I think with his style, that's not somebody who you would look at and be like, oh yeah, and, you know, hits. So. It's tough, man. Like, I I definitely think there's an aspect of like the commercialization, like that, uh, plug and play aspect of it is is definitely killing art, but it's business. So it is what it is.
0: Yeah. I I, I remember, you know, when, when J. Cole first came out and he was talking about how I I think it was like on Let Nas Down or a couple other songs, (laughs) how, how Jay Z was like, the album's not coming out if you don't have it hit and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, when I go to these shows, like the venues keep getting bigger and these kids are singing every fucking word. And I'm not a fan of J. Cole, but I, like you can't deny that like he has like a, a cult following base that's into his shit. And I'll give J. Cole the credit of saying he attempts to make art. He doesn't, yeah. he, he doesn't go in the studio and try to make like, you know, the microwave shit. Like his last couple albums, I think they're all misses. But he's, he's attempted shit like with the For Your Eyes Only. It's a concept of an album. The KOD is a concept of an album. I respect the effort, even if I don't think the quality's there. Like, but the commercial side, you know, the Jay Z representing the label and all that is like, nah, we ain't putting that shit out unless you put work out on the album or, or some shit. And it's and like, think, why is that necessary if, if the people are fucking with it?
1: I think J. Cole is a perfect example of how you can have. Uh, somebody who has their own lane their own style and they could be one of the biggest artists in the world Like you don't have to do this cookie cutter you know, uh, corporate bullshit like, you could actually put out real shit and have somebody, you know, do a world tour filling arenas and venues and shit like that yeah so, yeah, so you
0: know, I, I guess the moral of the story is like, you know, enjoy enjoy the Beyonce when it drops enjoy the young bulls sliding on the ops but don't forget that is some people out there that's, that's made some real art and has really pushed music forward and give, give them a listen and then judge the quality of, uh, some of the shit that these other people are putting in front of you. Cause you, you might change your opinion and, and maybe yeah. like the next time they try to do a, a industry planting, it won't take cause, and I, I think that's, that has been happening, you know, more recently where they've tried to industry plant a couple people and it's like the, that seed just didn't grow. Like, they tried it with Chance the Rapper, and it's like, no, yeah. we're we're not here for the hot damn hot hot water, hot shower. Like, get yeah. that shit all the way the fuck out of here. And
1: there's a time and place for slotting on the ops. Like, there's there's at least one op that I'd like to slot on myself,
0: so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, you know, the moral of the story this week, drink water, you know, develop discipline, train for the inevitable slide on the ops when it's necessary and appreciate real art i i, I like that I, I think we can end the podcast on that note
1: yeah yeah, and, and, and i'm also trying to learn the spirit of forgiveness as well because you know dwelling on uh sliding on the ops is not good especially if you're not going to slide on the ops you know you can yeah, slide that, on you that, yeah that, that's
0: that's no good too yeah like, you gotta you
1: gotta have the uh, what, what of did
0: benny say he's like you got the gun but you ain't popping yet so you just a holster yeah yeah i'm, I'm a holster so, right now I'm a so it's like e- e- either either let that shit go or or, or, or go go handle your business
1: i'm i i'm a whole holster off this motherfucker <laughs> just <stuck. laughs> <coughs> the gun jamming like a motherfucker like, just stewing i'm in the
0: fucking i'm in the joe just stewing like a
1: motherfucker. i want, I want to do
0: it ah! <laughs> so yeah like as the alarm's going off we're gonna end the episode right there we want to thank y'all for listening this has been the last Men potting podcast and we will be back next week for all new episodes